Regular Black Radio is supported by listeners like you. Let us know you like the show by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to regularblackradio.com slash iTunes and tell us what you think. We look forward to hearing from you. And as a token of my appreciation, if you leave a review, I will personally give you a high five if I see you on the street. As always, thanks for listening. And here's the show. If you're a Black person, especially a Black female, you'll know that there's a lot to say in the Black community about hair. For a long time, hair has been an indicator of status. The looser your curl pattern, the smoother and silkier your hair is, the more desirable and attractive you are as a Black person. That's been the case for a long time among Black people and in terms of white people's view of Black people as well. It's still the case in a lot of ways today. In the past, hair texture has been considered a sort of measuring stick. The straighter your hair, the more acceptable you are in white culture. And being acceptable means that you're able to support yourself and your family. And we all know that's pretty crucial. Black people have internalized this thought process, and for many of us, this is still the standard of beauty. Long, silky, straight hair. But I wanted to talk to some folks and see what their thoughts were on this issue. What do we think about good hair now? I spoke with actress Andrea Lewis about this. As someone with very loosely coiled hair, she had a lot of perceptions placed on her about what her hair texture meant. My experience with white people in my hair was more like, you know, like the petting zoo type of vibe. Like they're like, whoa, look at this hair. I wish my hair was like that. I love hair like this. And you're like, what does that even mean? And um, and then for black people, when I was growing up, uh, black people have a certain standard of beauty in their own communities. And so if your hair is long, if your hair is curly, if your hair is loose, uh, now they act like you're better than this person whose hair maybe is not like that. So when I was growing up, people often treated me like that in my family. Like, this is Andrea's hair and that's just how good her hair is. Or my, I have similar, no, I, I to me have a mix of both of my parents' hair, but, um, people would think I have more hair like my mom and people would easily do that. Oh, she got her mom's hair. At least she got her mom's hair. And you're like, well, what does that mean? It was only as an adult woman that I, I like sought out basically breaking that, um, unlearning that. Uh, in a sense. Uh, Yeah, because it it is put on you a lot. I also talked to Lauren and Sherry, and they too had experiences where there were perceptions placed on them based on their hair. Sherry's got a more tightly coiled, kinky texture, and Lauren's hair is much looser, somewhere in the middle between Sherry's and Andrea's. You'll hear Sherry speak first. I definitely think that Black people, and I have experienced Black people being just not even judgmental, but just hard about, like, they have a lot of opinions about what you're doing with your hair. Like, when I'm wearing weaves, I have my natural girls yelling at me, like, Black power, you know, you shouldn't be wearing the white man hair. And then when I'm wearing my natural fro, I got people like, oh, what happened to your nice weaves? What, you broke now? You can't afford your weaves? You know, so it is, I, I do feel like, us as a community, we don't necessarily appreciate the versatility of our hair. Yeah. 
I mean, as far back as I can remember in history, there's always been trends, you know, whether it be afros or perms or jerry curls or whatever. Um, And I think that within those trends, if you don't kind of fit that norm, then people look at you with like a raised eyebrow. Um, And then with the the natural hair movement that's going on, some girls like Sherry was talking about are, are like, your hair is natural, but it doesn't look done. So now it's like, well, I need to be natural, but I also need to style my hair. Um, If I wear my wig, it needs to be pulled down and gelled and glued. If I have my weave, you know, my tracks can't be showing. So there definitely is a lot of importance on your hair. And no matter what the style is, it's got to look a certain way. That's for sure. But what is good hair? And I can, I remember one of my friends, I was doing a play and she had dreads and somebody brought up good hair and she was like, hair on your head is good hair. Having hair, period, is good hair. (laughs) And that's just that. And it just stuck with me. It just like changed my whole, it was like, yeah, that's, that's true. It really affected me. You guys had, there was like a topic of the week, I think, for those girls Mm -hmm. around. The way you were expressing good hair was not in the way that people say good hair is was like you know the baby hair the wave and a bun oh yeah or the curly or the soft low porosity or i don't know what i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about in terms of porosity <laughs> yeah me either I but like uh, <laughs> uh and i was like you know what just like my hair is good i have it that was my friend michelle i'm sure you guys remember her from season one she's the one who introduced me to andrea and suggested that i talk to her for this episode She's referencing a YouTube channel that Andrea and her friend Shannon had called Those Girls Are Wild. They did a lot of really great, powerful, funny, amazing things on that channel. You should definitely check it out. Yeah, having hair, period. Being able to do something with your hair. Or even if I can't, even if I don't have hair, like being able to make a choice about my hair. Completely, completely. Because it's like the girl that has this no hair, shaved head, and is gorgeous you're just as jealous as her as you are of the girl that has the biggest hair in the room. Those bitches be fine like a mother. Are you kidding? Like, <laughs> like, you're so jealous. I know I am. I'm always like, if only, if only I was brave. If only I could see. I can definitely say that I too have been jealous of the woman in the room with the shaved head who is sexy as hell. We all have. Both Sherry and Lauren shared the sentiment that hair on your head or the choice to have hair is good hair. It's literally whatever you have. I personally do not have a definition for good hair. I mean, the hair that grows out of your head is good hair. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that answer. I think everybody has their own texture and, um, you know, the hair that you're born with is, is good hair. So everything is fine. This definition of good hair is definitely pretty new. It's a recent phenomenon, especially within the Black hair community. The hair you have is good hair. But despite the popularity of this definition, there are also still some prevailing perceptions about how that plays out in our lives. For example, in a professional environment, it's still considered pretty risky to have a natural hairstyle. Even though we might feel like we have good hair, it's also not uncommon that we feel our employers don't necessarily feel the same way. Both Sherry and Lauren felt like natural hairstyles at work would not be perceived well. And I think that it comes with, you know, working at a predominantly white institute. Um, And just for me personally, my rationale was nobody 
um, in upper management. First off, it's so few black people in upper management. And then when you look at the females, there's even fewer. And when you look at their hairstyles, there's hardly anybody who wears natural hair. And that just, for me, speaks volumes about the professionalism of natural hair or what people consider natural hair to be professional or not. I think it's in general, like anywhere you go. I don't think it's just here. Um, I think it stems back to those preconceived notions that people have about, you know, black people in general. And especially I think that people maybe see you um, threatening or, um, you know, maybe too dominant or too like aggressive or something if you have your hair natural in cornrows or dreads or something like that, because I think it's associated with black culture and black people have a tendency to be prejudged as, you know, kind of, yeah, like, yeah, like, you know, like thugs or gangsters or something like that. And it's unfortunate, but I do think that's where it stems from just kind of that prejudgment, those preconceived notions that you might be aggressive or unprofessional if you wear those hairstyles in the workplace. Michelle and Andrea definitely felt differently on this one. I think that I believe, and a lot of black people believe, that white people are a lot more critical about our hair. I think they're more interested. I think that the overarching default of this beauty standard has us feeling like inside of our community ways about our hair. We're a lot more critical of each other's hair than white people ever are. They don't know anything about our hair. That's why I was interested when, that's why I repeated it to make sure I heard you correctly because I know that that is often the sentiment among black people. It's like, oh, you can't wear, you can't wear natural hair if you work in an office because, you know. I mean, because white people don't like things they don't understand. That's the thing. That's the thing. They know, but they, they're curious about things they don't understand. Yeah. Good and bad. Um, and I find maybe because I don't work a nine to five. So I've never had the pressures of, hmm. well, you're supposed to wear your hair a certain way. Never experienced something like that. Um, growing up as an actress, I think you, I still to this day constantly have this battle between whether my hair should be straight or curly. Um, because television actresses a lot of the time have straight hair. Commercial actresses have curly hair. Actresses in a movie basically get to wear their hair however they want. Um, but then you also have this element of being a creative and now you say to the world, this is how I look and you're just going to like it. So yeah. I, I think I'm constantly conflicted on how my hair should be worn. And, and then I sometimes just have to be like, just accept you, just wear it however you feel like wearing it. I thought that these two very different views about how white people perceive black hair are very interesting. And I think they're both fully valid. I don't think it's hyperbole to assume that you may be perceived differently or treated differently, or people may think certain things about you based on the way that you wear your hair as a black person. That happens. That's real life. I also think that in a lot of ways, we should be taking more risk and being ourselves in our workplaces, whatever that looks like, even if it's in an office. But of course, depending on where we work, that can sometimes prove to be more difficult than you'd think. And it's worth taking note of your surroundings and who you see doing what. Here's Sherry. As someone who's worn her hair both natural and not natural, the comments and the type of compliments I get 
you can tell that they're just like when I wear my hair natural, I'm told that, oh, I have so much character and oh, that's so spunky and words. That's just like, I I don't really know if that's a compliment. Like, I don't I don't want to be characteristic at work. I want to be professional. You know what I mean? So it's just like you can just feel the difference, but no one outright says it. And in addition to that, when you look at leaders and the people being promoted here, like there's a lot of girls that wear their hair natural here. They all work in HR or they all work in the cafeteria. You know what I mean? Like it's not you can't name a whole bunch of vice presidents and directors and deans and things like that and professors who just wear their hair naturally. Um, I agree with that. I remember when I was looking for jobs and I was going to interview here and I wanted to get braids over this summer and my parents were like, no, you cannot start a job with braids. And I know a lot of guys who have had to cut their dreads before starting work. I do think that it, um, unfortunately you, you can't, I feel like wearing natural styles without, like Sherry said, seeming unprofessional or unkept. So there are styles that I've wanted to get but couldn't in fear of seeming unprofessional. And if I did wear my hair out natural, I think it would also be um, a shock to people who want to touch it and ask me about it. And and I would also look different. Um, I think there's a lot that goes into it. And I definitely do think it's seen as unprofessional when you wear certain styles to work. Lauren makes a good point here. The questions you're asked when you make a really big hair change and the way you're perceived, that makes a difference. Sometimes that can be exhausting. Maybe it shouldn't necessarily be a deciding factor, but it's definitely something that's difficult to ignore. When we come back from the break, we'll hear about hair experiences from students at Towson University. Hey there, it's me again. I just wanted to stop in and say thank you so much for listening. And if you're looking for ways to support the show, you can do that by one, continuing to listen. You can also share this podcast with a friend. You can leave a review on iTunes at regularbackradio.com slash iTunes, or you can do your normal amazon.com shopping at regularbackradio.com slash Amazon. All of these things are really great ways to support the show, and I appreciate your help either way. You are a rock star. So thanks. Okay, back to the show. I went down to the Black Student Union at Towson University and spoke with some students. They also had stories about how they were perceived based on their hair, and at young ages, too. So, like, my hair is, like, curly, but I still have, like, my roots are still, like, very real. So, I got, I just decided, this was in my senior year, 12th grade, I decided to just wear my hair naturally one day. So, like, I'm, like, really, like, feeling like I'm popping my wash and go, you know, my curls are nice. And I walk into class, and my, like, teacher, he's like, whoa, did you get electrocuted today? And the whole class starts laughing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so, like, I, like, after that, I just didn't feel, like, comfortable, like, with my wash and go. So, like, I would wear my hair straight or in a ponytail. That's not the sort of reaction that's affirming or that says you're beautiful just as you are. That's the kind of reaction that says you need to change. Black people get this message from society constantly. And it takes a lot of deliberate effort to undo that damage. I used to go to, um, my elementary school that I went to was in Bowie, Woodmore Elementary, 
And, like, so all of my classmates were either white, Asian, or mixed. So it used to be, like, points in time where I would come home, cry to my mom and just be like, you know, like, why isn't my hair long like this? Like, why isn't it wavy and stuff? Like, why do I have this mess, like, on my head? And my mom was just like, no, like, just give it a few years and, like, watch everybody going to want to have your hair and your hair's going to be flourishing and stuff like that. You're going to come to love it. And then middle school came around and I wore my, my afro out one good time. And, like, so many people were just like, your hair, like, why is it so nappy? Like, why does it look like that? And, I, and at one point in time, I'm just like, well, my mom said that my hair is cute, so I think my hair is cute, too. And if my mom think it's cute, like, can't nobody, can't nobody yeah. tell her shit or tell me shit. So <laughs> I started wearing it out a lot more. And then in high school, like, people would, like, give me a whole bunch of compliments and things like that. And it became a part of my identity. So they'd be like, oh, who is that, like, with the afro? Oh, that's London. London with the big afro, the six-foot joint or whatever, walking down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that my hair makes you uncomfortable, that that gives me joy. That feeds me and, like, <laughs> that makes me feel more confident in who I am. So mm-hmm. I definitely can agree that it does give you a sense of um, an identity and it makes you, like, who you are. I just feel like when I'm rocking my bush and stuff like that, like, you can't tell me shit today. Like, my hair is flourishing. <laughs> it's reaching up to the heavens and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like, that's just it. I did also talk to a couple of guys at the BSU and they had a bit of a different perspective. This hair thing is definitely predominantly an issue with women, but it does affect the black community as a whole. But here's some comments from some of the guys. Um, Personally, I don't know. Like, I feel like as a a male, you don't really be concerned about your hair making you like man makes the hair, not the, the hair makes a man kind of thing. It's crazy because when I actually like switched my hair, like to actually like having hair, I didn't get no like feedback. It was kind of like people I was I haven't seen them in so long, and they just like see me and they wouldn't say anything. Like I would expect like yeah, some like questions. Feed- or yeah, like, like even my comments. my dad. Like I haven't seen my all? dad in like a minute because he lives in another country. So when I went to um, see him in Trinidad. No feedback. Like all my family, they don't say anything. Like I guess they they know I do whatever I want to do. So yeah. So that's been my like experience and my outtake. Like I don't really any. You know, people gonna hate you for whatever you do. So you just gotta do whatever you feel. The hair may not make the man, but men still struggle with this to a degree. I tried like not making you know my hair as big of a deal. It was probably in middle school when I had, like, friends that were mixed, especially guys with, like, the curly hair, and then they would, you know, cut their hair, and then it's just like, oh, my gosh, you had all this hair, and, like, your, you know, your fade is curly and whatnot. So I kind of looked at myself, and I was just like, okay, let me try something different. So high school, I tried the whole mohawk thing, but then my head shape, and it look, really looked right. <laughs> so, um, I just kept, like, trying to experiment with it a little bit. Um, I got to a point where I found something, you know, comfortable for me, you know. It may be basic, you know, fade, whatever. A lot of people are used to it, but, you know, that's something I'm comfortable with. It's kind of like my trademark, almost. And when I let it grow out to the point where it got that long, it was just like, okay, people started to notice. I had a whole bunch of friends that were, like, thanking me because, you know, I'm actually, like, appreciating my hair and whatnot. So it's a new transition, and I'm comfortable with that. So I think, you know, from this point on, like, this is something, another part of me that I can, you know, be comfortable with. And um, 
No, I'm just going to keep it going. If I find something else that's, like, really new and interesting to me, um, I'm thinking about dyeing my hair. Maybe that'll work out. Maybe it won't. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what that looks like. But, yeah, just keeping it, you know, comfortable for me. One of the guys had this fascinating explanation about this whole process that he goes through to get his hair done. Hair done, beard trimmed, you know, haircut, the whole nine. And I just had to include this. This was so interesting. I learned so many new things. See, I got a dread, so I got to get my hair done. Like when it started getting loose because my hair is very curly and sort of, sort of what thick and thin at the same time. So, yeah, I go to the salon and get bipped up. Okay. Wait, um, what did you say? You get bipped up. Bipped up. Bipped it's up. called, this is what I call it. I call it chasing the bip. You got to first um, yes, go please. to the salon. <laughs> you got to go right. to the salon, you know, get bipped up, get your head done, go under the dryer and all that. Then call your barber and make that appointment yeah. after you get your hair done because you got to lock it in. Call my barber, you come to my house. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Next level. I see you. I see yeah. you. And yeah, get my. That's called chasing a bit. Okay. It's a process. Yeah. yeah, I don't like getting my hair done and then my hair cut on different days because yeah. the satisfaction you get on both days is just like light. so crazy. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, get your head uncut and then you got multiple things on your face. Like, y'all don't have beard, so <laughs> when you get your hair cut, a nice shape up with the beard and your hair done. In spite of the struggles that we have as black people about perceptions of our hair, there were a lot of really positive things that people had to say about their own hair and just what it means to love yourself in general. I think overall, this sort of mentality is spreading and being encouraged And it's beautiful to see. Everyone I spoke with had something positive to say. Now, though, as an adult, I like truly appreciate it. I actually really understand it. And I think that's what I appreciate more is that I truly appreciate and understand my own hair. When like I wear my hair straight or anything or I just think of like all those little girls who like, no, like your hair's not long enough. Like, no, your hair's not curly enough. Like, no, your bun's not popping right now. Like, no, like this is your hair. This grows out of you. This like, no, this is your expression of you. Like, this is like one of the highest forms of self-love. Like, this is your hair. Mm -hmm. So like that was just like, that's always my motivation. Like if I'm like, I'm going to cut my hair off today or like I'm going to get some box braids today. I'm just always thinking like how would this like empower like young girls like to like just be them and to like go like do whatever they want and look however they want because like this is your life your beauty comes first you have to do what works for you and I've learned that when you're on a hair journey in particular that it's really important to be patient Mm -hmm. Um, you know your hair is not gonna grow in a day you're not gonna get your curl pattern back in a day and that's something that I'm working on too um, with my hair is just to be patient. But I definitely think it's important to just know that you are your own beauty and that you really can't compare yourself to other people because it's just not realistic. Um, I will say the one thing that I've recently learned that was really hard for me is that you need to just be comfortable with you. You know what I mean? Don't let society or the media define beauty for you. Beauty is whatever you decide it is. That's a really beautiful sentiment. And I hope we can all really start to live that out. 
what if we decided to be our full selves, not just in terms of personality, but outwardly, physically, and expressing who we are through our hair? What if we decided to do that everywhere we go, at home, at work, at school, being ourselves fully without worrying about those perceptions and being taken seriously as we are? Wouldn't that be awesome? Let's do it. What are your thoughts on the way your hair is perceived? Do you feel like you can wear your natural hair at work? Do you feel like you're viewed professionally? Leave me a comment on SoundCloud and let me know. Link. Regular Black Radio was produced by me, Selly, a regular black person. Theme music by Ryan Little. Ad music by Jason Segal. Thanks so much to the students at the Black Student Union for being willing to chat with me on a whim. Continue to be who you are. You're all amazing. Thanks also to Sherry and Lauren, who gave me wonderful, insightful answers and who were thoughtful and honest. I'm really glad I was able to include your perspective. And a big thank you to Michelle, who not only suggested that I speak with Andrea for this episode, but also put me in contact with her and was available to help on the day of the interview. I really appreciate and value your input for this episode. And another big thank you to Andrea Lewis. I really appreciate you taking time out of your super busy schedule to chat with me a little bit about hair. You do wonderful work and I really look forward to following your career. Andrea recently released a three-part mini-series on self-love, and if you've got 15 minutes to spare, I definitely recommend you check it out. It's a stunning, beautifully put-together compilation, and it is worth your time for sure. Links in the description. If you want to keep in touch, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at underscore regularblack. You're also welcome to sign up for my newsletter at regularblackradio.com, where you can get an email update every time a new episode is released. If you like today's show, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. You can do that at regularblackradio.com slash iTunes. A five-star review would be especially awesome. Episode three of season two of Regular Black Radio will be released in two weeks, so we'll talk soon. Until then, as always, thanks for listening, and remember to be your black, whatever that means to you. So I'm like, I, I actually think the early 2000s was probably the best time to be young. It was so innocent. Mm-hmm. It was like all that anything mattered was like wearing like baby fat. A swoop fat. bang. Yeah. And- like, <laughs> just had to have some velour on. You were just so cute. Yes, velour. <laughs> your lip gloss was popping. You were you, so cute. You're super good. You were so oh. cute. You were so innocent and cute. You just had to wear baby blue all the time. Yes, baby white blue. blue. And you were like, oh, Or yeah. you had shell toe Adidas. Oh, or- easily. A white yeah. beater and you were like, I'm yeah. cute. Whatever. 
versus <laughs> a Chantel's Adidas, you're like, actually, and it was a lot more cheaper to be like popping than way cheaper. Makeup? What was that? You didn't no, need that. Yeah, no one was concerned about it. <laughs> no, now all that matters was a, the, all a, like you said, a good swoop, swoop bang. bang. You, that was essential. You had a swoop bang, and you were pretty cute. <laughs> Right. Side ponytail, you were really popping. Damn, Girl, my side pony used, used to be. Bang. <laughs> my side pony used to really be that light. <laughs> you were so cute. Oh it was so God. easy to be cute. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah. Yes. The one straight uh-huh. piece. I just yes. straighten right here, yes. and then I'd have still my poof, and I'd be like, "Why would I do that?" Yeah, because that was that the style. Look? That's yeah. what everybody was. Everybody. Doing. The only yeah. way I remember you when we were younger. Because I mean. There are no other ways that I was. <laughs> the two in the front? Yeah. yeah. She had like half up, half down. Yep. Yeah. Half up, <laughs> half up, half down. Half that up, was, half that down. was me all day, Half up, half every down. And like, day. you got to look like a little girl. You were so cute. Yeah. 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 You were, you but were, I felt like I like. Mm. You thought you were grown. Yes. You thought you were so grown. So, so I I was ridiculously Aaliyah. grown. You were literally a little, little tiny girl. And I'm like, oh, I wish it was back. 